got like a few things, three or four things I wrote down that I see that the Lord wants to say through, you know, that I'm getting out of these verses in Jeremiah 3. Now again, these verses directly apply to Israel. Okay? That's, what they were, that's who they were spoken to. But, you know, since all Scripture is given for our teaching, there's application in it for us. This is what the Lord was saying. Jeremiah 3, verse 12. It says, Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree. And you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Okay, here's four things I feel like I want to tell you this morning. I want you to hear this. Number one, the Lord likens us, and I mean the church, the nation, which is made up of people. He likens us people to sheep. Okay? When He looks at us, He sees sheep. Now, here's some interesting things about sheep. I want to tell you, I've been studying sheep. Okay, the natures of sheep. Here's some things about sheep. Number one, sheep are not very intelligent animals. You'll never see a trained sheep in a circus. <laughs> True. You see lions and tigers and elephants, but you won't see a sheep. We're not very intelligent. That's how the Lord sees us. You guys ain't very smart. Number two, sheep are basically defenseless animals. They can't see very well. They can't hear very well. Okay? They can't run very fast. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They don't have antlers. So they're pretty defenseless. They're open prey to predators. That's how God sees you as open prey. Number three, they have a poor sense of direction. A very poor sense of directions. In other words, a lot of animals have a sense of direction. They know where the stall is. They know where their boundaries are. Sheep do this. They'll start eating and nibbling, and they will just wander away and turn around. Where am I? How did I get here? That's how God sees us. That's how He sees us. That's how He sees me. That's how He sees you. Wandering off. What, what in the world? How did you get there? Number four, sheep are easily frightened. If no shepherd is near... They can become real fearful and startled like instantly. And they will take off running and not know why they're running. They will run and they will run either to someone stops them or until they fall from exhaustion and never know why they're running. You know, just this uh, pack mentality. And a lot of times when a sheep runs like that and it falls from exhaustion, it never gets up, it dies. Now, you tell me that don't speak about a lot of Christians. You tell me a lot of Christians are directionless. Another thing, they'll, they've got this thing called a sheep becomes cast. It gets too fat, too satisfied. It gets cast. In other words, it gets on its back. It'll lay down and get on its back, resting on its back. And its old feet will be sticking straight up there, and it cannot get up. It can't get up. And it'll die like that. 
Shepherds will come in, and they'll see their sheep, they'll count, and they'll realize, oh, my goodness, they'll know nothing's running after them. They'll realize there's a cast sheep somewhere. They're cast down. Anybody been cast down in this room this morning? Anybody been depressed? They can kill you. They can kill you. That's what it really speaks of. Another thing is sheep don't respond well to pressure. You hear what I'm saying to you? And I can tell you, well, we're going to really worship the Lord. We want you to stand up and raise your hand. See how many people stand up and raise their hand. And you know, they don't, you know, ain't telling me what to do. That's the way sheep are. They don't respond well. I've learned that over and over. I had to keep going back and learning that. Why can't you get people to do certain things? In fact, Lord said, well, stop pressuring them. Lead them. That's what you've got to do. You can't pray them because when they, you pressure them, they're going to rebel against you. And that's exactly how sheep, when they, you start pressuring sheep in the natural, they get all nervous. And then they start scattering. You know, a good shepherd doesn't pressure them. He just leads them. Now, those are some things. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. So, number one, what I want you to get this morning is the Lord sees us like what I just said. He sees us like that. Okay? Are you with me? Now, this is going somewhere. Number two, as sheep, we are bent on backsliding. Anybody know any backsliders in this room this morning? Any backsliders in this room? Raise your hand. I want to see if you're a backslider. Good. I'm glad you're confessing. You know what? There was a prophecy last year by a man named Bob Jones. He prophesied about things coming in the coming year. One of his prophecies was this. There's going to be a lot of people in the church that's going to backslide in the year 2001. A lot of people. But this is what Hosea 11, 7, 11, chapter 11, verse 7. I don't want you to turn there because I'm trying to save you some time. It says, My people are bent on backsliding from me. My people are bent on backsliding from me. Though they call to the Most High, none at all will exalt Him. See, listen, this is not going to do you any good. If, if we have a nation of people calling to God this week, next week, next two or three weeks, but none of us are really exalting Him as God, as the Lord. That's, that's a backslidden... We, have a, we're, we live in a backslidden nation. Our nation has backslidden. We're not the so-called Judeo-Christian nation that we started out to be. We've backslidden. And I think the church has backslidden, basically. So the Lord sees us. See, we wander off. It's our nature to wander away from the shepherd. In other words, the nation is not going to stay in God's pastures automatically. They're going to automatically wander away unless they have somebody there to help them stay in God's pasture. Because, and, and the same thing for you, the same thing for me. You leave me to myself long enough and I will wander away from God. I need a shepherd. I need the Lord to keep me from wandering away from Him. I can't stand without Him. I can't be a Christian without Him. I'm going to wander away from God if God leaves me to myself. I mean, I don't know how long it would take me. It may be five minutes at the most. You know, but if God withdrew His presence and I was awake, I'm probably... I don't know how long. You see what I'm saying? It's not that people intend. There's very few people. I've talked to some people recently, one person who made a big decision to backside. I think, that, what an idiot. You made a decision to do the stupidest thing in the world. You're going to pay for it. Don't, don't make decisions. Most people do not really mean to. They get there over time, step by step. It's not a one-day decision. And they find themselves away from God's green pastures. 
bent on backsliding. We're bent on backsliding. Number three, this is good. The Lord sees backsliding as a condition which needs healing. The Lord sees backsliding as a condition which needs healing. Another verse from Hosea, chapter 14, verse 4. The Lord says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. I will heal. That's how God sees a backslidden nation. God sees our nation as needing, needing healing. He sees us as we backslide from him as needing healing. He doesn't see this as judgment. He needs, sees us that we need some healing from the shepherd. Another great scripture that speaks to this is Psalm 23. It says, He restores my soul. That word restore means heal. You know, our nature to wonder, God's nature to restore. He anoints my head with oil. Oil. <laughs> oil, in that context, was placed on the sheep's to heal wounds. Also, sheep had difficulties with flies in certain times of the year. They'd pour their oil all over their head. They'd get down in their ears and start to keep the flies, stuff off out of their ears and getting down in there and building beds and nasty. And that's what that oil's for. And it speaks about our mind. Flies speak about demonic things, getting into your mind. Flies and little words from the devil, getting down in there and building nests in your mind, telling you stuff that's not true. And causing you to fall away from the Lord. Well, the shepherd would pour that oil on them to help them, to heal them, put it on their wounds. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to heal people. See, God is really not mad and upset with Americans today. He's not mad and upset with people. The Lord sees backslides as a condition that needs healing. Number four. This is really what my whole message is. Number four. Everything else is just to get you here. It says in verse 15 there in Jeremiah 3, it says, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Our nation needs some shepherds. Our churches need some shepherds. Now, I want you to race this out of your little mind right now. When I say that word, don't look at me and think that's a shepherd that I'm talking about. In fact, I want you to look around the room. Just turn around and look. Or look in front of you. God wants to release you to be a shepherd. He wants to release you to be a shepherd. He wants to give people shepherds' hearts. Your gifting could be prophetic, so you're going to be a prophetic shepherd. Your gifting could be an evangelist like Billy Graham. You're an evangelist shepherd. You're a teacher. I'm a teaching shepherd. I'm an apostle. I'm an apostolic shepherd. If Jesus... The Bible says Jesus is a good shepherd. If Jesus is living inside of you, that shepherd's heart has got to be in you. It's got to be. That's why we have backsliders in the church, is we don't have enough shepherds in the church. That's why our nation has backslidden. We don't have any shepherds out there helping them, leading them. we got people telling them how crummy they are, condemning them, going out and marching against them, you know, wanting to you know, shoot the homosexuals and all that stuff. That's not shepherding. No wonder they rebel. You know, they're getting pressured. They're sheep. They're going to scatter more. The more you pressure them to live some sort of religious righteousness, life, they're not going to do it. They need somebody with shepherds, hearts like the Lord Himself had. That's what we need. We desperately need. I've been feeling in our church, we need some shepherds in our church, Lord. We need some people who have some concern. You know, 
one or two or three or four or five people can't shepherd everybody. Jesus could only handle 12 people. That was Jesus. How can one man do more than 12? He can't. I mean, I don't think one man could do 12. That was the Lord Himself. I'm not going for that greater work scripture on that one. I'm excluding that one. We need some shepherds. God wants to release some shepherds' hearts. Now, you may be a prophetic shepherd. You may have a real prophetic bend on you. But that doesn't make you a shepherd nonetheless. I'm not talking about a pastoral calling on your life to pastor a church. I'm talking about a heart like the Lord Himself had towards people. Towards people. That's really what the Lord wants to release. Here, listen to this. One of the roughest people that Jesus had that He was trying to help was Peter. Rough as a cob, just an old rough fisherman. You know what the Lord said? Peter, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. Now, he was an apostle. He started churches. He preached and people got saved. He had visions and trances. But he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. There was other great shepherds in the Bible. I mean, this is, they, they were natural shepherds, but I believe they speak to us. Abel was the first shepherd. first person that was mentioned that was a shepherd. Remember, remember who he was? He was a guy that Cain killed. He got killed, but he was a shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd, the father, the father of faith. Jacob, the Bible says, was a shepherd. Rachel, the Bible said, was a shepherdess. So, um, girls, you're supposed to be shepherding. There's a woman named Rachel in the Bible who was a shepherdess. Joseph, Moses, and of course David, they were all people who were great shepherds. Of course, the Lord Himself, He was the good shepherd. Turn over to Matthew chapter 9. Are y'all with me? Now, this is, this is something practical we can do. You know, we can go and, and just, you know, want the government to do everything, and I want them to. And I'm honestly, this is why you're looking at I'm really happy with the government's response. I feel like they're trying to do. It blessed me when I saw George Bush on TV with tears in his eyes, talking about being loving, and, but we got a job to do, you know. I was blessed by that. I felt like he had a shepherd's heart. I really did. I feel like this is good. We finally got a president. Just not putting down any other president, but we got a president in this hour that's really going to try to do something right. I mean, whether they do or not, I don't know, but he's going to, at least he seems to be trying to go in that way. But listen to what Jesus said in, in Matthew 9, verse 36. And this is how the Lord was all the time with people. This is the way He was. He says, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for, for them because they were weary and scattered, weary and scattered, weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. That is the state of our nation. That's the state of most churches in this nation. That's why people falling away from the Lord. It's not because they're just some big jerks. They're just sheep. They're dumb. They don't know better. They automatically wander off. They're going to make some stupid mistakes. That's a terrible thing about dealing with sheep. You know? Until you look in the mirror one day and realize you are one after you've been all upset with them. That's what happens. But the Lord looked at them and saw, had compassion on them. And felt bad for them. Because He says they're wore out. They've been drugged from pillar to post. And they're being scattered by the enemy. 
The enemy is able to come into their lives and, and plunder them and deceive them. So we have churches that are weary. We have churches that are scattered. You can't even get unity between churches. And here's what the Lord's heart response was. Then he said to us, this is when the Lord saw this. He saw this. He saw these sheep being scattered and saw them wore out and weary. And this was his heart's cry. He says, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers. Let me interject. Pray for the Lord of harvest to send out shepherds to those sheep. Send out shepherds to go and lead them sheep in the way they need to go. That's what the Lord wants. That's the call of the Lord. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I was convinced this before this ever happened about our church. This is our biggest need in our church. Is we need people who have shepherds' hearts to be risen up. We got, you know, there's lots of other things, you know, but this is the greatest need of this hour for us. It's not anything else. I mean, this in my heart, this is the number one priority. Is Lord, we need some shepherds. We need some shepherds. We don't need, you know, you know, we got people who can do some some stuff, but we need some shepherds. Bring us some shepherds. Hey, this is what we need, Lord. You know what we need? We need people leading worship that's going to lead people into worship. Lead people into the Holy Holy. Shepherds that can do that. We don't need people that's going to, we need pastors who are going to preach and ain't going to beat the people. They're already beat. They don't need beating anymore. You know, if the Lord wants to smack somebody, you know, He'll smack them. I want you to turn to Luke and then I'm going to finish. This is really, I know this ain't the real typical message about things. This is back where I started remember when I said about the, the tower falling on the people and the Lord saying, I'm looking for fruit. Well, I want to read the last verse of that chapter because it's all, you know, a part of a discourse the Lord was having there. Uh, Luke 13, you know, the Lord, after He did all that, He healed a woman of, after He you know, talked about the, the, the fig tree, He healed a woman of infirmity, you know, really going after the religious spirit. Is really what he was doing. I mean, he healed that woman because he loved her, and she was a wounded sheep. And, but he really jumped all over these these Pharisees and called them hypocrites because they were fascinated because he healed the woman on the Sabbath. You know, you didn't do you know the thing you're supposed to do and let us down by doing stuff. And and he just really got offended at them about it. You know, that's how the Lord feels about people. It rises up. But see, we've we've gotten so into that. Then he talked about the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. And then he talked about the narrow way, about entering into the narrow way. It's a broad way. You know, and I, I'm going to tell you something. I think some of us are on the broad way. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, the narrow way sometimes is difficult. The narrow way sometimes is confining. It really is. I mean, I'm not going to tell you if you're going to walk the narrow way, it's going to be wonderful and great. Sometimes you're just going to feel like you're confined. Sometimes you're going to feel restricted by God. And you're not going to like it. And you're going to complain to the Lord over it. That's the narrow way. That's just reality. If anybody told you anything different, they're lying. They told you, oh, you know, this is wonderful and everything's going to be... It's not. It's going to be confining. There's going to be things that you wouldn't want to do and the Lord's going to say, no. There's going to be things you're going to see other people do and He's going to say, don't worry about what they're doing. This is the narrow way I've called you to walk on. There's a narrow way. But that leads to life. There's a broad way that you can go on and live the way you want to live, make your own decisions outside of God that's going to lead to death. And there's consequences to walking the broad way. There are consequences. There really are. 
And we've got to get that through our heart. I'm not going to sit here and say if our nation was totally following the Lord, we wouldn't have had these, have these issues. Because I don't know. Only God knows that. But it would be, we'd be in a lot better shape today if we had a nation whose heart was towards God instead of a nation that has sunk into liberalism and, you know, condoning sin and condoning sinful lifestyles and making laws that support that. You know, those kind of things haven't worked for us. They really haven't. So there comes a day of reckoning. I'm telling you, there comes a day of reckoning where you, where the Lord will reckon with you over your sins and your sinful lifestyle. There comes a day of reckoning where He, re- he deals with nations. But the Lord is saying today, I want to have mercy on you. I want to love you. I want to give you shepherds. That's what He's saying today. He's not saying lights are out here. This is over with. I'm through with you. It's not what He's saying. He's reaching out to you. He says, if you'll just turn and confess, I will pardon your iniquity. That's what he said. I read that in Jeremiah. I'll pardon it. I'll forgive. There's that time for us. That's where we're at as a nation. God's crying out to the backslidden nation. God's crying out to the backslidden room. If you will turn, I will have mercy on you, and I will forgive you. And I will give you shepherds after my heart. Not this, you know, baloney stuff, you know, old stuff that they're going to mess with you and mess you up. The Lord's not going to do that. This is in verse 34, Luke 13. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen. Now the Lord, we're going to another imagery now. He's going from being a shepherd to a hen. The Lord's liking himself to the old mother, you know, old chicken hen. As a hen gathers her brood under her wings. In other words, the Lord's saying, y'all are like a bunch of biddies. You're biddies. Biddies are pretty helpless, aren't they? Anybody know about biddies? I mean, they ain't going to defend themselves. And they run all over the place. And if the mama gets gone, they're in trouble. That's what the Lord was saying. You're a bunch of biddies. He went from saying you're a bunch of dumb sheep to a bunch of not-so-smart biddies. And I wanted to gather you under my wing. That's what he was saying. That's what he was saying when he spoke that parable. That's what he was saying when he was talking about them people dying. I, I want to gather you. Under my wings. Under the feathers of my wings. But you were not willing. Well, I read that chapter this morning. And the reason I wanted to read it to you is, I feel like God was really saying, is really saying this to our church. I got here, I came in here to the church this morning, and unlocked the doors, I walked to the door, and guess what I found laying out there on the, on the, right at the front door? This little feather. And I feel like God is saying something to us this morning. I mean, I really feel like it was the Lord. Feathers have personal significance to me. I mean, God spoke to me one time through a feather. You ever watch that movie, Forrest Gump? <laughs> that feather that sort of floats down. He really spoke to me and said, everybody's always looking for their destiny, and if you'll just follow me, you'll walk right into your destiny. You know, that's all you need to do. You know, you can't figure it out. Just follow me. This, you know, the girl in there who did all that stuff, couldn't ever figure out what her destiny was, wound up dying of AIDS in the end. I think it was AIDS or something like that. What? Something. She died of something. I think it was AIDS because she was pretty promiscuous. Spent, spent the whole month, movie trying to find her destiny. Forrest Gump was just this old idiot guy who didn't never look for his destiny, but he stepped into his destiny every turn because of, you know, his heart condition. That's just a sideline for you. If you're looking for your destiny this morning, if you follow the Lord, your destiny will come to you. And that's what the Lord was saying. But I feel like this morning with this little feather, the Lord, because I wasn't going to read this little stuff in Luke. 
I think the Lord was saying, I, I want to gather you. I want to gather you. The Lord wants to gather us. But here's how He wants to gather us. God is looking for people who will become like that mother hen. How is God going to gather this nation? How is God going to gather people in this congregation? How is God going to gather people in your neighborhood? How? How is He going to do it? Well, let's go hire a pastor. Pay him some money. Make him do it. Okay? Make sure the community's okay. Y'all go pray. We're paying you. You need to be praying. We're praying you, you know, go evangelize. We're paying you do all the counseling. We're paying you to do this. No. God is saying to His people, there's a nation of biddies out there that are in distress. They're in distress. There's a church of biddies in distress. And God just saying, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for people who are willing to receive the shepherd's heart. Not to disavow your other callings, your other giftings. He just wants to put it with those giftings. That's really what He wants to do. That's what He's saying to us. To gather us to Himself. That's all the Lord wants to do is gather this nation to Himself. But guess what? He's asking you this morning, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to become a shepherd to gather this nation? And that's really what God's saying. We desperately need shepherds in this nation. That's what we're lacking. We've needed a better shepherd in the presidency than what we've had. It's just my personal opinion. I ain't a slam against anybody. But we needed a better civil shepherd than we've had in the civil government. I think we've got a better one now, my personal opinion. We need better shepherds in the church than we've got. I need to be a better shepherd. You know, if the Lord adds, and as the Lord adds other giftings to my life, he doesn't, he doesn't erase the shepherding gift. He, okay, now you're not a shepherd anymore. Now you're this. No. He just adds other things, but he still expects me to be a shepherd. He wants some shepherds. And I believe the Lord would be glad to impart to you a shepherd's heart if you said, okay, I'll do it, Lord. I'm willing to become a shepherd. You, you're going to have to teach me how to do it and show me how to do it. I can't figure it out on my own. But it, You hear what I'm saying to you? So here's what I want to ask you this morning. Who in here would like to have a shepherd's heart? Stand up right where you are. Which means you're going to take some responsibility for some sheep that are dumb, Yeah, even though they don't have sharp fangs, they can bite. And they hurt. You know, I can bite you and hurt you. I got some, old, but I don't have no real fangs or nothing. But they bite, they hurt you, they disappoint you, they disillusion you, they frustrate you, they make you mad, they make you sick. You hate them sometimes. You want to shoot them. You wish you'd never hurt a sheep. Sometimes those are all things you feel. But see, God looks at them and says, "I love those people. I want to have compassion on those people. That's what I want to do for your country." I want to have compassion on America. I want to heal America. But I need somebody to go heal them. I need some shepherds out there that really will go heal them. Yeah. He wants some shepherds to go out and touch them and say, Hey, they're wandering off. Let's go figure out how to keep them from wandering off. They didn't come back. We better go find them. Let's go find them. We haven't seen them in a long time. They're messed up. they got bitterness in their hearts. See, that's what God wants. 
He wants somebody to pray for their neighbors. Lord, help our neighbors. They're not, they're not saved. They don't know you. Please save them. Those are just things that God wants to do. And that's what we can do. We can do that. that we can do that. Can't we do that? Can't, is, is, that's a reasonable thing for us to do as Americans in this hour is to become shepherds and see ourselves we're shepherds over this nation. God show us practically how to live that out. It may not be anywhere but next door. It may be inside your church. It may be in your business. It may be in your school. You see, it's lived out where you're at. It's nothing, you know, you know, grandiose. There's probably people in here who will be in full-time ministry as shepherds. Lord, just raise your hands. Lord, I just want to pray this morning for every person who really feels in their heart that they want to become a shepherd over the nation. In this nation, they want to be a shepherd. They want to be shepherds wherever they're at. Lord, I ask you to release a shepherd's heart to them right now. Uh, Lord, you've given me a shepherd's heart, and that was just about the most odd thing in the world when I first realized it. So I want you to give every person in this room, it really means it, and however it's expressed through them in whatever circumstances, Lord, I ask you right now in Jesus' name to make us shepherds over this nation, to see this nation with compassion, to see this nation as lost, wounded, scattered, scared sheep that need a shepherd. And Father, I pray that we would express your shepherd's heart. We would express your shepherd's heart. Please release that to us, Lord. We're desperate for it. We're desperate. Lord, if, if you don't, Lord, our nation is going to go down to tubes, Lord. Lord. Lord, you've put us here at this hour. This is our hour. This is our watch. God, please put in us the shepherd's heart for the United States of America. Please do that. Release that into us, Lord, to be able to shepherd those around us, Lord. Lord, we ask You, we cry out, we're desperate for it, Lord. We are desperate. Our nation is a desperate hour, Lord. And we are asking You, Lord, don't make us fair with the Christians. Don't make us so spiritual when things are bad, but just go back to our old ways. Lord, cause us to love You all the time. All the time, Lord. And be passionate for You. Be sold out to You, Lord. Lord, release and impart shepherding hearts. And God, release the wisdom on how to do it, Lord.